What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex Fleece, and his dog. And we have today on the show, we've got William Branham, who is a retired Navy SEAL, the CEO of Naked Warrior Recovery, which is a CBD company. And then he also does coaching through uh, Navy SEAL Mindset. He's done some real estate. He's done some 1031 exchanges, including uh, he lives in a place in Oahu that I uh, probably made five offers trying to buy buy houses and was unsuccessful. So I'm super jealous of uh, the town that he lives in, in Kailua, uh, which is just beautiful. So uh, we've had a few conversations and Will's helped me out a little bit here with my transition out of the military and and we had a lot of fun so uh thought we'd bring him on the show and talk about him building his businesses and and some of the, the mindset stuff and really just helping you guys out with that entire piece so we'll thank thanks for joining us today man welcome to the military millionaire podcast where we teach service members veterans and their families how to build wealth through personal finance entrepreneurship and real estate investing I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic one, Oscar Mike. What's up, guys? Today, I wanted to stop and sponsor my own podcast, by myself, which is a little cheesy, to tell you about the course that I'm launching called From Zero to One, Real Estate Investing for Beginners. Now, this is not a course to help you get rich fast. This is not a course to promise you to make a bajillion dollars, but this is the course that will help you get from zero rental properties to one rental property. It is designed to get you through your first purchase. Everything you need to know to get you through that step with support from myself, obviously via email and whatever, so that we can talk and I can help answer some of those questions for you. And it is extremely affordable right now because I'm launching it for only 97 bucks, which given the amount of content in there and the testimonials I got from the people who tested it beforehand, I am super on the low end for that price, but I'm going to probably have to bump it up in a little while, but for now, to test the waters and see exactly how many people I'm able to help with this, I want it to be extremely affordable because I want to help service members and veterans get their feet in the water. So if you are interested in learning about rental properties and you just want to learn how to get your first one, and then there are some bonus episodes in there to help you advance past that, but if you really just want to know everything you need to know to buy your first property without screwing yourself over, this is the course for you. Go ahead and check it out. The link will be down below in the show notes and back to your episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me over here. Yeah. Pretty and stoked to be here. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm stoked to have you on the show and I appreciate your patience as we tried to break our microphones while in anticipation of the, uh, the podcast. It was recording. awesome to watch. It was yeah, awesome like, to, to be a part of that. <laughs> trying to, I mean, you know, whatever we got to do to sound better. So uh, anyway, uh, why don't you give uh, just a short background about about you and uh, and kind of bring us up to speed on where you're at right now as a a man with a, a job, a company, a coaching. A, uh-huh. I mean, you got a man of many facets at this point. I, I do have a few irons in the fire uh, as I as I try to build this thing. So uh, again, my name is William Branham. I spent 26 years in the Navy. 23 of those years were in the SEAL teams. Um, and the reason it's 23 years instead of 26 is because I made some tactical errors along the way. Uh, number one, I wasn't really physically prepared to, uh, to join the, the, the SEAL teams because I, you know, I, I joined uh, boot camp. I took the SEAL screening test and I failed it, but really I didn't fail it. I quit on myself. Um, I could have done more pushups, but I was like, ah, it's going to be really hard. Uh, and then I eventually ended up on a ship in the, you know, uh, in Yokosuka, Japan. And because I had taken a, a school that was very critical to the Navy, the Navy detailer um, wasn't going to let me go to Bud's. And it wasn't until the CNO came to my ship in Yokosuka, Japan, uh, had CNO's call and said, "Is it okay, here's my vision of the Navy and whatever. And does anyone have any questions? And I raised my hand and I said, yeah, I joined. The, I was the second person he called on. I, I joined the Navy to, uh, to be a SEAL, but my detailer won't let me go because I'm too critical, he says. Uh, but I think I deserve a chance to go to Bud's. And so he turns to my commanding officer and says, is he a good guy? Like CO says, uh, yeah, he was the uh, sailor of the quarter this quarter. And so he turns back to me and he says, you'll be in the first class after your PRD. Uh, six weeks later, I'm, I'm off to California to, uh, to start SEAL training. So 
Wow. Um, uh, so to back up a little bit more, I'm from Meridian, Mississippi, little town. There's a little Naval Air Station there. I swore I would never join the Navy because I didn't want to wear those dungarees. Uh, and quite honestly, uh, I was probably thinking more like um, I knew I wanted to be some sort of commando of some sort, but I didn't really know what that was. Uh, I knew that that uh, uh, John Wayne was a was a Green Beret in the movie Green Berets in Vietnam. So that looked pretty cool. Uh, John Rambo, I think he was an Army Ranger. Uh, Chuck Norris, he was part of Delta Force. Uh, but there were also these commercials when I was a kid of uh, the Marine Marine Corps who had like the most badass uniforms out there still do today. Uh, and they were fighting dragons with swords. And I thought that was super cool. And I'd heard of like uh, a Marine scout sniper recon. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's what I want to do. And then someone told me about uh, the SEAL teams. And, uh, and I was like, well, what's that? And they're like, they do all this other stuff. It's the hardest military training in the world. And I'm like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. And they do stuff underwater. I'm like, cool. That's Sign me up. Then the Navy detailer called me and said, come on down and check out uh, check out this this video of being becoming a Navy SEAL. And so I went down there and and uh, watched it and signed up on the delayed entry program. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was uh, well, that's, it was kind that's of the, mad destiny, <laughs> kind, of the, kind of the running joke at Marine Corps boot camp when we, you know, go on our final crucible event and hike the final hill. That's like, well, where's the dragon? Aren't we right? Like they lied to me. Aren't we supposed to fight a dragon with a sword or something? But, yeah, seals and swords. It was, you know, pretty badass recruiting videos for sure. Yeah. Still I, even today. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably their one of their most popular ones ever. At least uh, it's one of the favorite amongst Marines. But um, I love the fact that you were the guy who put the hand up and asked the question with the CNO, right? Like that's not like that alone speaks kind of volumes about the, the destiny piece because like most people in their first couple of years in the military just like sit down and shut up and don't actually ask questions. Cause it's like, right. Well, I, I had been told, no, like, you know, everyone around me is, you know, kind of that support unit that I had, even my commanding officer, he's like, yeah, I support you going to, to buds. Um, and you know, this was really pre-internet pre, there were not a lot of books out there. Uh, the only books that I knew about was one, called Brave Men, Dark Waters. It was about the SEALs in Vietnam. And the other was Rogue Warrior, uh, Dick Martinko, who just passed away this this uh, past Christmas, um, who started SEAL Team 6 yeah. or something like that. I don't, I can't, I can neither confirm nor deny that that exists. I had taken the, the SEAL screening test. And actually the first, first time I took it, I told you I failed in boot camp. The second time I took it, I failed it by like the, so the screening test is like, it's push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, a run and a swim. I crushed everything except the run. Um, and I was taking it with other guys that were either screening to go to become uh, EOD or diver. I beat everyone on every score on everything. Uh, and to include the run, we do the run in boots and, and long pants. And I was the first one across the line in the run. And I thought that I had passed easily because I beat everyone else. And what happened is I let my ego get in the way and my ego said, you're, you got this, you're beating everyone. And so when I crossed the finish line, it was like 12 or 15 seconds uh, short of, of passing. So then I had to go take it again. And uh, but that's something that I found, you know, kind of throughout my career where my ego kind of gets in the way. But I had done all of this work to finally I'm, I've, I've done all the medical stuff. I've done all the physical stuff. I've done everything to like get ready to go. And I've got one guy standing in my way. And he's like, sorry, I've got letters of recommendation from other SEALs. And, and so my detail was still like, absolutely not. You're too critical to the Navy. And so uh, it was Admiral Borda, who actually later took his own life, um, who came to the ship. And he only, came to, he only came to my ship. I was the small destroyer in Yokosuka, Japan. And he had, you know, CNO's call there. And it was... People in my kind of division told me to like, bro, you should ask, you should ask the CNO because uh, he is a common sense leader. He is one of those guys that throughout his career, you know, he started the Seaman to Admiral program because he started as a, you know, an E1 and became the CNO. And, uh, and he was like, you, you should ask the CNO because he, you know, he just makes changes on the spot. If like policy doesn't make sense and someone brings it up to him, he just like changes it and it to where it does make sense. So um, 
I've told my CEO, I told my whole chain of command that I was going to ask. And it was interesting. There were a bunch of haters on the ship because, and I found, later found out that these guys did go to buds and they quit and they're like, you're never going to make it. You're blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say, I'm not going there to not make it. I'm going there to, to make it. But I showed up and buds is six months long and it took me a short 13 months to get through that, uh, through that six month block of training. <laughs> <laughs> you, there's not a whole lot of people I hear talk about this, but is it, is it common to end up going through buds like more than once or, or to get, I don't, I don't know if there was an injury there or. Yeah, um, there were several, several injuries there. Uh, and, and I got rolled back. Um, it's, it's pretty common. It's, it's, it's not very common for someone to go straight through, um, in just six months. Interesting. I envy those people like that is in my, my thought process. That's an easier way to go because, uh, the first time I got rolled back, I was like very sad. Uh, from an injury. The second time I got rolled back, they were going to kick me out because they're like, look, bro, you, you didn't, you clearly didn't prepare yourself. You're, you, this is the second time you've been injured in like, whatever. Uh, you only made it like three weeks into the second class uh, and you got injured. And so I like go to the first guy and, the, and he's like, I recommend you being dropped from training. I go to the second guy and I'm like telling, like sobbing, telling the story about the CNO. And if I leave, maybe I'll never get to come back. Uh, and he says, stand right there. And I'm like watching my class and in, in steel training, not all classes are created equal. Uh, my, I can tell you that the class that I, that second class that I got rolled out of was a harder class than the class that I rolled into. Like we got beat for everything and I loved every second of it, uh, and just watched people quit. And I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I mean, these people were, you know, star athletes. They were, they exceptional performers and and I was mediocre, a performer at best, you know, I could barely keep up on the runs, but I was good enough to pass. Uh, I went to every goon squad. I was wet and Sandy all the time and I loved it. And, and, and then there were these other guys that were like phenomenal athletes and they could, you know, in buds, you fail multiple times. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. You, 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 you suck, you fail. Uh, and so these guys quit because they either, Oh, the water's too cold or I don't like being yelled at or, no, I crushed this evolution. How dare you, you know, tell me that I'm not good enough. Yeah. And so that was a mentality that, that I watched guys quit. I'm like, what are you doing? You, this seems so easy for you and I'm struggling the whole time, but I'm happy. And they just weren't happy and it wasn't for them. So they went off and found uh, another, another career. Um, and then I, you know, that second injury, I didn't heal up. And so pretty much I gimped my way all the way through first phase through hell week. And then throughout hell week, I somehow that, that injury stopped being injured and I finished hell week. <clears throat> and then two weeks after hell week, these stress fractures had developed so powerfully from, you know, limping on the other leg, I got rolled one more time, but because I had made it through a major block of training, they're like, okay, keep going. It made it through injured. They're like, okay, you, you want to be here. So go heal up and and come back for the next class post hell week. So that took me 13 months to the day that I checked into to seal training. Bro, mindset is everything. It is. And that's I what, didn't, that's what I, heard. I didn't really that's understand that. I didn't understand that back then. I, like I failure, yeah, failure wasn't like, it wasn't an option. And I mean, it, it is an option, but I, if I had failed and kicked, I'm coming back. You know, I also think it's interesting, like um, that's something you really wanted. But I think, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a SEAL, but when I was in the army, I was attached to a SF unit. So I was around those guys, operators all the time. And it's interesting to me how many there's, you know, obviously people are different. Some people really want it and that's what they want to be. And then some people, like you said, they can do it, but that's not what they really want. And yeah. sometimes they get through the course and they find out that's not what they really want. Right. Um, and it's, so I think it's really interesting in life where you know, like you have a really don't quit attitude, which I love. And it's, it's obviously very valuable. I wonder how many people get stuck on the wrong thing and then don't quit. I can tell you that I was that without giving too many details, um, because I'm, you know, 12 years later, I'm still in litigation, but I'll tell you that, uh, I was, uh, had a, a relationship, uh, that was very toxic, but I stayed in it because of children, um, for, you know, 11 and a half years, 10 and a half years so that that other person wa was able to take a part of my retirement. 
Um, and I'm still like, but I was, I wasn't going to quit. I was staying in it, even though I was completely miserable, uh, and not fulfilled. But I was just like, this is, this is what I have to do. I'm not a quitter. But so you have to learn, it's not quitting, getting out of that relationship. What it is, is improving your quality of life. And so it was the other person who wanted out. And so I was like, oh, this is the happiest day of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, that's a, it's a tar, tough part of life because everybody goes through like, you know, people who aren't that good at life, when they find out what they're really good at, they won't quit and vice versa. There's people who are just like good at life and they get stuck on the wrong things. Um, or you, like you said, you kind of get into this mentality of like, I'm just not going to give up. And then after a while, you're like, I'm sinking myself into something that I hate. Like who's right. winning? Um, and so I just, I don't have any, I don't have any answers. I'm living life just like everybody else figuring it out yep. along the way. But I do, I find it very, um, just, it's, it's really fascinating that you seem to have found the right thing for you. And then once you kind of got there, you know, you say the struggles you have, none of them are mindset tr- struggles. All your mind, all your struggles are like, um, you know, obviously some are physical. Um, some are, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, bureaucratic. Right. Um, but like you knew where you needed to be. And then it was just an inevitability. It was just a time. Right. That- it, it was, you know, early on, that was early on in my career. Later on in my career, there were some mindset struggles. There were some things that I, uh, that, that I, you know, struggled with a lot. And it was, you know, this noise in my head that I can't turn off that I like to call baggage. Uh, I don't call it PTSD. I don't call it anything like that. Um, I just call it baggage because we all have baggage. It doesn't matter what walk of life we come from. If the, you know, in the military deploy, you know, construction worker, stay at home mom, we've all got some baggage and it's from, you know, uh, maybe it was some trauma that happened to us as a kid. Maybe it's some toxic relationship that we've been a part of. Maybe it's something that has happened in our professional life. There's all this baggage. And and really that's what the get naked mindset is about. And then that baggage oftentimes is ego and we don't take that ego off and we don't get naked and, and, and allow ourselves that opportunity to, to kind of heal. Yeah, I have one. All he does all day is tell me that I'm a piece of shit. And I, at 30 years, I'm really sick of it, but I can't turn it off. Tell me, <laughs> which is a good segue though. Tell me about Get Naked. You said that this is what it's about. Let's so here. I thought he was talking about me for a minute. I, like, no, <laughs> I, did, no, I did too. I, I let him sleep. <laughs> um, so so the, the Get Naked mindset is about... Is, is just that it's about taking your ego off and kind of setting in the corner and being a little bit vulnerable. And, and to kind of share my story is as I was transitioning out of the military, um, <clears throat> which I wasn't really prepared to do uh, in, you know, we all have these life changes, like life transitions and, you know, transitioning from the military is a gigantic one. Uh, it was for me. And I think for lots of other veterans, but um you know, I, I've got a lot of baggage and I had all this noise in my head that I wasn't able to turn down. And so I turned to alcohol as my uh, medicine of choice and pretty much drank myself to sleep every night. That for number one, that's not good for your brain. It's not good for your body. It's not good for performance. It's not good for anything. Um, and so and I'd heard about this molecule called CBD. And I eventually uh, a buddy of mine gave me a bottle. And I tried it and maybe that night I slept a little bit better. And maybe the next day I was a little less pissed off. And I like to say that, you know, water boils at 212 degrees and I was probably living at like 210 degrees. And it wasn't like, it didn't happen overnight. It was this cumulative uh, pain, this cumulative, like being attacked, this cumulative people putting baggage, you know, weight into my, into my rucksack uh, that I would just continue to carry around. Some of it I put in myself and other people put other, uh, other, you know, uh, weight into my, into this baggage that I'm carrying around. And so, uh, over about a 30 day period, I was able to have a little bit better, uh, self-talk, you know, what CBD did is it helped turn that noise down in my head. And I was able to have a little bit better self-talk and, and that's is how I eventually, um, started, you know, naked warrior recovery, which is a CBD and, and supplement company. Uh, but while I was trying to figure out like what my, what my mindset was supposed to be again and how I was going to, you know, excel in this new life, this life transition that I'd gone through. You know, I say that the transition from the military to civilian life is the hardest military mission I've ever been on. And so, and I'm still on it. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still mission planning and I'm still doing all this other stuff. Um, But so what I did is I, 
you know, first I had to like figure out like how to heal myself. So I learned to take my ego off and set it in the corner. Uh, and then I came up with the, you know, sort of the, the, the get naked mindset and naked is an acronym because in the military, we like acronyms, A acronyms are help us remember things. And, uh, naked is something that's super easy to remember. And it's not about being physically naked, although that's super cool. Uh, it's more about being, uh, it's about being your authentic self. And so naked, it really stands for the N is for never quit. The A is accept failure. The K is kill mediocrity. The E is expose your fears. And the D is to do the work. And because we're talking about taking action with your life and changing your mindset, you know, it's really to think like a Navy SEAL, you have to get naked and take that ego off and never quit and accept failure and kill mediocrity and expose your fears and do the work. And so I have like this whole um, uh, kind of an idea. This I've got a, a PDF that I share with people. And if you go to the, the website, five seal secrets.com the number five seal secrets.com put your name and email in there and uh and and i'll send you i'll email you the uh this this pdf of of the five seal secrets and it really lays out like never quit isn't about like never quit being in a toxic relationship never quit uh trying to stop drinking or smoking or doing unhealthy habits never quit means never quit on yourself never quit on the people that are around you never quit trying to improve your fighting position, trying to improve your, your quality of life. Uh, and so that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. I was in this toxic relationship and I had this never quit attitude. I was not quitting the right thing. I should have quit the toxic relationship and stopped and started supporting my quality of life and then supporting my kids in a different way. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I, I learned in that kind of, you know, throughout my military career is, you know, when we went to SEER school, uh, to be, you know, prisoners of war, they taught us, you know, create these small victories and these small victories help your mind and your, and your heart to kind of get through that, that process of, of being interrogated, get being beaten and whatever else goes on, you know, during seer, seer training. And so if, you know, they tell you things like, you know, don't communicate with, with, you know, the other, uh, prisoners. So when you get back to your cell, you start knocking and, and try and, build that communication with, with the person that's next to you. Or if you're out in the courtyard and they say, don't look to the left, every opportunity you get, you look to the left and that's a small victory that you get. Or when you're being interrogated, you shove a little white lie in there and that is also a victory. And then another way to kind of think about it is if you're, you know, apply this to a project or a purpose that you're on, uh, starting a business, uh, getting a degree, whatever, uh, creating a podcast, you know, starting a real estate company, uh, it's, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenges and you're going to have times where you don't feel like doing it. And what you're, what you have to do in order to get to that end goal is you have to chop your, uh, your goal, your, 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 your plan up into small pieces. So the way, the analogy that I use is hell week, which is the most famous military, uh, training in the world, uh, been all over the world and everyone knows what hell week is. They think all of steel training is this one week. And uh, really, it's just five and a half days of no sleep. You're cold, wet, and miserable the whole time. And uh, but there's one thing that's constant during Hell Week is they feed you four times a day. It's not like Ranger School where they don't feed you. Hell Week they feed you four times a day because you're burning a lot of calories. And and so all you have to do, no matter how miserable it is, you have to make it to that next meal. And so every time you make it to that next meal, that's a small victory. Like you didn't quit. They didn't break you. You're golden and then you just keep going and keep doing that and keep creating these small victories and that's really what never quit is all about the a is accept failure because failure really teaches us lessons that we could never ever learn on our own and i look at failure as like uh it's like a foundation to success sometimes it's like a rungs on a ladder or sometimes it stairs in the staircase and you don't have those failures until you don't have those those steps to get where you're going until you have that failure and you learn that lesson. And every time you fail, you learn a lesson and you get a little higher and a little closer to that goal. Um, so you accept those failures and those, you know, uh, create, um, help you to create success in your life. The chaos kill mediocrity because we're, let's face it, we're surrounded by mediocrity every single day. And, you know, you can hit a button on your phone and pick what color bananas you want uh, from Instacart or whatever, or have the ice cream delivered to your house in 30 minutes or less. So this technology that we have and the, you know, has made us to be more dependent on it. And, and, and really it, it just kills uh, the drive and desire that we have because we don't have to work hard. And so the way that you kill mediocrity is you have to compete. And competition is that biggest thing 
the competition with your ego is the biggest thing that's kicking your ass every single day because your ego knows your strengths. It knows your weaknesses. It knows everything uh, about you. And it knows exactly what to tell you to make you quit on your goals, to quit on yourself. And so what I tell people is they need to compete in kindness, compete in giving, compete against your ego. And once you learn to beat your ego, then nothing can stop you. And when you learn to kill that mediocrity in your life and you kill that ego in your life, you will improve your life and the lives of the people around you. The E is expose your fears. And I know I'm getting a little long-winded here, but the E is uh, fear is kind of that thing that I was talking about earlier. That's that noise that is, that consumes your brain. Like you're, that lives deep in the down deep, dark part of your brain where you don't want to tell anyone about, you don't want to you know, discuss it with anyone. You just think you can control it and compartmentalize it and, and not share it with anyone. But, you know, that fear comes out at night. So I look at fear as like a vampire, you know, a vampire, it lives in the darkness and it sucks the life out of you. And so fear does exactly the same thing. It lives in that dark place in the back of your brain and it sucks the life out of you. You know, how many, I can't tell you how many times I've been driving in my car or my truck and I'm having arguments with myself about something that doesn't even matter, or I can't sleep at night because I have all these thoughts and fears going around in my head. And so what I've learned is you have to expose those fears. And, you know, there's different ways you can do it. Let's say you're bullied as a kid, you have low self-esteem, go take a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class for a year. You're going to be forced to learn. You're going to be forced to fight someone every single day you go to class and you're going to, but you're going to learn a skill set, and you're going to have people that are going to um, teach you how to defeat that fear that's going on. Maybe you have a fear of public speaking, go take a public speaking class. And that what you're going to learn or an acting class, and what you're going to learn is the people in that class, they want you to succeed. And some of that fear is the anticipation of something that has never happened and probably never will. But you know, you're, you're afraid to get up in front of people because you're afraid that people think you're a failure. You'll, they'll think that you're not going to do a good job. And what really happens is when you get in front of people to speak, they actually want you to succeed. They want you to be awesome. And so once you expose that fear, nothing can stop you. Uh, and one other, you know, kind of way to expose your fears is as a friend of mine, he says, fear does not exist on paper. And so he's a billionaire. And he's also a business coach of mine. And, and so, but he still has stress and anxiety and things that really bug him. And so when those things happen, he'll pull over, stop at a Starbucks, uh, order a coffee, and they'll take a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper, not type it out on his phone and write down every fear that's bothering him. And once he looks at it on a piece of paper and he reads it, he's like, really, that's really what's bothering me. So now he's exposed that fear. He exposed, you know, like you kill a vampire by exposing it to sunlight. He exposed that fear uh, to the world. And now he controls the fear and the fear no longer controls him. And then the D is to do the work because you know what? All of this is about taking action. It's about uh, changing your mindset. It's about doing stuff, not being mediocre. It's about never quit, accepting failure, killing mediocrity, exposing your fears and doing the work. And that's really what the get naked mindset is about. I don't have any questions. <laughs> that was a good, no. So I actually, I really like the part about the, uh, at the end there, the writing down, uh, cause there is something so therapeutic for me for writing out, you know, whether it's goals or whatever, journaling, writing out thoughts, writing out, uh, stuff. So I think that's, there's definitely something to putting pen to paper and, and putting words out. I mean, when I first started writing part of it was because it was like therapeutic to get words out on paper or, or even write blog posts or whatever. So how long did you drink for? How long till I passed out? Pretty much. I mean, how many years? Um, a few. I mean, it certainly started before I got out of the military. Yeah. Drinking. I know this is going to be controversial. Uh, I'm of the opinion that drinking is the worst substance of them all. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, it's interesting that like marijuana is, is, a, is banned, but well, that's, um, that's, socioeconomic there's, that's there's not, well there, there's political there were political yeah. reasons that it was banned but um yeah no but there's, things that, are, there's sure. things that are legal that you can get prescribed that um are pretty nasty but alcohol is the most available and i think it's the worst 100 percent agreed yeah um so alcohol because it's most available the reason i brought this up um is because uh it's probably the most commonly abused by most Americans, certainly our listeners, military guys, uh, my guess is there's not that many people who are listeners who are doing um, cocaine or opiates or amphetamines, but there's probably a lot of drinkers. 
and it's definitely have a mo- lot more alcohol out in the fridge than I do cocaine. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody hangs out nobody hangs cocaine out in the house. You just do it. I mean, if you look at, <laughs> if you look at what alcohol does to your brain, it yeah. like it it creates so much damage. Uh, it disrupts your sleep. It does. It it is it is really probably one of the worst things that you could do. And I think it's uh, to your body. We still yeah. do it. I think in very small, you know, small doses, uh, a glass of wine a night or something like that. There's there are some uh, benefits to that. But I think the um, but how many of us just do that? It's either all or none. And well, so I used that's, to, well to be fair, difficult. to be fair, you're an all or none kind of guy. So I, it's true. Uh, the reason the reason why I brought that up is because I was an alcoholic. Um, I didn't know that I was an alcoholic, which is another interesting part of alcoholism. I thought I was just having fun drinking a bunch, sure. um, but it's really catastrophic on your physiological physiology in many ways. And that's why I brought it up. But it is also a good segue to CBD. Right. Uh, it, well, yeah. How'd that, how'd that fix? So uh, kind of like what I, what I talked about earlier is, is I, CBD was a modality. Mindset was a modality. All these are like, there's not like one thing that fixes everything. It all, well, number one, it all takes work and it, and there's many pieces to it. You know, there's, you know, I call it five steel secrets to get naked. Uh, but you know, CBD was a modality that helped turn that noise down in my head. It not only helped turn the noise down in my head, it helped me, you know, help those triggers that come along at, you know, when I'm living at 210 degrees, like I'm just ready to, to hit the boiling point pretty much at any moment. Um, what I noticed is over time, it just took me longer to hit that boiling point. And it also something else that happened. So what kind of the bro science of CBD is it reduces chronic inflammation. It reduces stress and anxiety. And uh, it, you know, it, it helps support the what's called the endocannabinoid system, which is this giant neuroreceptor system that's uh, in, in the in all mammals. Uh, and it's kind of new science, this endocannabinoid system, because the way it was discovered was in the 90s, scientists were trying to figure out how does medical marijuana help people? So they put a radioactive isotope on a THC molecule and put it inside the human body so they could track and see what it was doing and where it was going and how it was helping. And that's how they discovered this whole giant neuroreceptor system. And so this endocannabinoid system is connected to every system in your body, your central nervous system, your respiratory system, your digestive system, immune system, endocrine system. It's connected to everything. And so why, you know, some people are saying that CBD cured their cancer or cured their whatever. Uh, CBD isn't curing anything. It's more like a super multivitamin. And uh, what it does is it helps. So if you have one system out of whack, that's going to bring all the other systems really out of balance. So what CBD does is it, it's a endogenous, uh, uh, actually CBD is an exogenous uh, cannabinoid because your body makes endogenous cannabinoids that support that endocannabinoid system. And so sometimes you don't make enough or you just need more support. And so CBD comes in, it fills in the gaps. It, it, it unlocks those keys of the endocannabinoid system and helps bring it back into homeostasis. And once your endocannabinoid system is back in homeostasis, the other systems come back into back into balance and your body is able to heal itself the way that it's you know naturally supposed to, um, you know, helping chronic illnesses. There's the, this is not medical advice by any by any stretch of the imagination, but it is just um, but it's it's new science because uh, CBD was a schedule one drug. Uh, up until the passing of the farm bill in uh, December 20th of 2018. So from there, now you see CBD stores pop up all over the place, but I'd be very careful in like what you, what you get when you're, when you're buying or using CBD, because the FDA has done several spot checks and they found that more than 70% of the, uh, the CBD products in the market, they either have higher than the legal 0.3% or less uh, legal limit of, of THC. Uh, they have heavy metal, like, you know, lots of, they don't have CBD in them. They don't have the amount of CBD they say they have in them. They have uh, high levels of heavy metals like mercury, arsenic, uh, and lead because the hemp plant, which is where CBD comes from, is a bioaccumulator. That means it pulls all the good stuff out of the soil. It pulls all the bad stuff out of the soil. And it's such a powerful bioaccumulator that they're using hemp plants at Chernobyl to clean the radiation out of the soil. So you don't want to get any Chernobyl CBD because that would probably ruin your day. But the reason that it's important is you need to know 
really kind of where the product is coming from. Uh, and you, if you're putting something in your body to be, a, I'm using air quotes here, a medicine uh, to help you heal or get better, then you want to make sure that it's from a good source and it doesn't have a bunch of crap in it. And that's so at Naked Warrior Recovery, we put QR codes we on all of our stuff so you can see third-party independent data uh, testing to show uh, where our product, you know, what is actually in the product. So we go a little bit one step more than what most, even the biggest names of CBD do. Uh, we test the, the oil when it's extracted from the hemp plant, but then we test the final product after it's gone through whatever the manufacturing process is, whether it's a tincture, a gummy, a soft gel, a topical, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. We tested it at the beginning and then we tested it at the end to make sure that there are, uh, there was no, nothing went wrong or uh, any sort of contamination in the, in the uh, manufacturing process. So uh, the bigger names, they test the oil in the beginning and they don't test it or the product at the end. So when you look at 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 uh, the the certificates certificates of analysis, and if companies aren't providing those for you, or they just have one that's super old uh, on their website, then you probably should not trust that company. You should be able to go in and see exactly what lot, what what uh, what you're actually putting in your body and what you're what you're purchasing. So, okay, but here's what really happens: I go to the store, I look at CBD. I take it. I feel like it does nothing for me. Yep. So I buy a bunch of weed and I'm happy. Yep. <laughs> so CBD works on a different uh, neuroreceptor than THC. Uh, and, and just to kind of give you an example of that is generally uh, you don't feel anything when you take CBD. And like I talked about in the beginning, you know, I took it, you know, that first time and I'm like, maybe I slept a little bit better and maybe I woke up a little less pissed off. Maybe I don't really know. But what I noticed is over time, I felt less bad. I was close. I was further away from that, uh, that boiling point from that 210, 212 degrees. I, you know, I went from like 210 down to like 190 out of that red zone and more into like an orange or a yellow zone. And, and then I stopped taking CBD and I started getting closer to that, you know, back to that like trigger things would fire me up a little bit faster. Uh, something else that I noticed is I'm hundred percent disabled. I got lots of aches and pains and the pain that I have daily pains were less bad. They were less sharp. You know, I would do certain movements, the stabbing sharp pain, uh, taking CBD over time, it was just less bad. And when I stopped taking it, it started getting, I started getting those sharper pains, those more dramatic pains again. Um, I started getting more irritable again. And so, and I've had that feedback from a lot of, a lot of customers. Um, and even when they take smaller, so I have a, an energy drink, it's got 12 and a half milligrams of CBD in it, 75 milligrams of caffeine. Um, and so it's, it's a small amount, but it's a, it gives you a clean focus energy. And, uh, and so I have like some CrossFit, uh, uh, customers that she, she sells the product in her CrossFit gym for this one person, for example, and she was taking the energy drink for a while and then she ran out and she stopped taking it. And she was like, I'm just super pissed off. Like, I don't know why I'm getting more agitated than I was, you know, a few weeks ago. And then she realized like she, she, she ordered more energy drink. And then she was like, and she called me, she was like, listen, I know this sounds weird, but your energy drink actually makes me less stressed. And I was like, well, that's kind of what CBD does. Like you don't feel it. You don't feel high. You don't feel anything like that. Uh, what happens is that how you know it's working is you feel less bad. You feel less stress, less anxiety. You sleep a little bit better. Um, you know, it's not, it's not rainbows and unicorns when you, when you, when you take CBD, uh, you don't get high like you do with THC. And, and as a matter of fact, CBD and THC are kind of antithesis. So if you take THC and you start having like a lot of THC, I've never tried it. Uh, but, and so this You've is never tried it. I have never tried THC. No, I I'm actually still, uh, I have a contract job. I still maintain my top secret clearance. And, uh, and I so see, I do get, okay, drug tested. I'm getting the wink, wink. I know what's going on here. I feel, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so I, I've, I've, I've never tried it, but but uh, uh, anecdotally, 
what I've seen in in papers because I do go to PubMed and and read uh, and and read articles and and uh, published literature about CBD because it's still a very new science. Uh, a lot is still unknown about it. But let's just say you take you know uh, you get a bad trip from THC. You can take like so the THC goes in and it binds to these CB1 receptors that are in your brain. What CBD does, it will go in and it will unbind those THC, the, the THC from those CB1 receptors and bring you back down off of that high so that you're not tripping out and like freaking out or, or you know, have that kind of schizophrenic uh, episode. I have a, uh, a niece with really bad eczema. She's tried everything, right, to get her eczema to go away or whatever. And the only thing that's ever worked is this like CBD infused uh ointment whatever that she uses so yeah i mean there's there's definitely i mean some of it like some of that is it's it's reducing the chronic inflammation uh inflammation uh that's causing some of that and i don't know all the like again it's it's very new science it's it's not like you take two of these and call me in the morning it's not like taking an ibuprofen um it acts differently it's working more on chronic stuff it's working on chronic illness it's supporting again supporting that endocannabinoid system to bring things back into balance so it's bringing her skin back into balance and that's kind of uh those are the more of the pathways that cb cbd works on stumped you both yeah it's interesting stuff i've tried it because look because you know what they say um the only thing the only thing i know about cbd that was always like they say they they sell it as a miracle cure right because it's got very low negative side effects um good for stress and anxiety uh i know like um people with epilepsy take it and i've watched yeah. it and you're like yeah. it cured it like not cured it but like in the moment right it, like it, it it turns off that 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 episode and so uh cbd ha- so the fda is they're not yet willing to regulate cbd it's still very wild west so that's why i say be very careful about what brands you use um you know, someone asked me once upon a time, what's the difference between your CBD and like the CBD that I get in the gas station? And and I wish I wish that I came up with the answer. But the guy that was you know standing next to me, he was like, uh, it's kind of like this. What's the difference between the sushi that you get in a sushi house or the and the sushi you get in a gas station? Do you want to roll the bones with with, you know, gas station sushi? Do you want to roll the bones with gas station CBD? It's it's kind of like that. Like, you don't know what's in that. You don't know what where it came from. I mean, if I could put my products into gas stations, that would be awesome. But uh, just to have that, that distribution channel. Um, but, you know, right now what's out there, I would be very careful about what you have. I would go to a reputable, reputable site that does provide those uh, third-party, independent third-party lab testing results. Um, and again, I tell, I tell people to set your expectation low on CBD, try it. How do you feel today? And how do you feel in 30 days? If you, you know, some people just use it as a topical for, you know, joint pain, muscle pain, things like that. Other people uh, take it, you know, orally, or I have another product that is, uh, it's a brand new, it looks a lot like an M60 fuse igniter, uh, if you're in the demo world, and it's, uh, it, it does micro dosing of CBD. And for a four milligram dose of this is equal to like a 25 milligram dose that you take orally because you're, you're, you're missing the first pass metabolism. You put it into like kind of the thin skin pulse points. And so you're getting that micro dose of CBD into the body, into the bloodstream much more quickly. So it can affect the body a little bit faster than if you were to take it orally. And actually uh, there's multiple ways that you can take CBD. You can take it. Uh, the fastest way for it to, to get into your bloodstream is uh, through a uh, um, contra- contraceptive. Uh, enema type uh, I was a butthole God, I was I was literally when you said orally I was about to be like so do you take that anally or how do we <laughs> so you take it so you take it in the butthole uh that's that's the quickest way uh most effective way number two is through a vape but I'm not we're, I'm not doing the the vape thing because it it's too uh it's too controversial and there's too much shit that can go wrong with that uh and so this is number three and then orally tincture is number four. And then it, you know, cascades down from that. So this is the fastest way outside of sticking in your butthole or vaping to get CBD into your bloodstream. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to talk about buttholes. Today. I, you know, David can't help himself. I, I couldn't <laughs> avoid the joke. It had to go there. <laughs> had to go there. Oh my gosh. All right. So uh, if somebody's interested in checking out your products, where, where do they go for it? Uh, go to the uh, website is nw-recovery.com. 
or you can type in naked warrior recovery, all one word.com. Uh, I, that was my naked warrior recovery was the original website domain. But then I thought maybe people don't want to type naked into their search engine. I don't know why I thought that I just, just popped into my William, head. You are so clean. You are so clean. <laughs> sitting on a government computer. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Google image searches, naked right? warrior. <laughs> and Gina. so, uh, so I, girl? so you can still type in naked warrior recovery, uh, dot com and it it'll take you to to the correct site um but yeah i was like oh maybe maybe i don't yeah let's i mean i like let's it. just keep them both open just because that's probably a smart move yeah you got both domains that's all good so and then i know uh so i looked around on your website you got some stuff on there for sleeping so one of these days i'm gonna have to try that out because i've heard good things about uh, uh you know what that's one of my favorite products quite honestly and so the thing that makes it why I like that product so much is it has, um, it has 25 milligrams of CBD. It has three milligrams of melatonin and three milligrams of CBN, which is another minor cannabinoid. And, and I'll talk about like the different kinds of CBD, uh, in, in just a second, but CBN is a minor cannabinoid in the, in the hemp plant, which the hemp plant has over 120 different minor cannabinoids, CBD, THC, CBN, CBG, uh, CBV, uh, and the, the, uh, cannabinoids and terpenes, terpenes are like essential oils, uh, which are in the hemp plant and they work kind of synergistically with the body. Uh, people use, uh, essential oils for all sorts of stuff. And so, um, CBN is one of those minor cannabinoids. So we removed the THC from almost all, all but one of our products. Uh, but now we've injected CBN, which is the sedative molecule that helps you kind of like start shutting down for, you know, when you, let's say you, you have some THC and you like start to like, you're like, uh, start to crash. Well, that's the CBN that's in that, uh, in that, you know, joint or whatever you, you took, uh, that's like bringing you back down and, and mellowing you out. So we take that same CBN and put it into these soft gels. And, um, and so for me, I'll take that about an hour before I'm ready to go to bed because I'm FOMO, I'm ADD, I got all sorts of stuff going on. And so I'll be stupid and I'll stay up super late at night working on stupid stuff or just screwing around like watching YouTube videos. And then I get tired and then I push through it and then I'm awake until two or three in the morning. And then I'm like, well, maybe I need to drink to put myself back down. The CBN, this sleep product, I take through a night uh, with some, uh, with some, uh, magnesium and some other D3 and some other stuff. Um, and once I hit that, start getting tired point, I can never recover from it. So at some point I just give up and I go to bed like a good little boy instead of staying up and being stupid. So it is by far one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite products, uh, that, that we sell. Yeah, I've heard it works wonders. So I use it every night, especially if I travel and I do a fair amount of traveling. Yeah, I've been yeah travel, traveling a decent amount as well. All right, so we got fivesealsecrets.com, NW Recovery, or Naked Warrior Recovery. NW Dash. If you oh. do just NW Recovery, it's going to take you to like Northwest Recovery, which is, I don't know, like a, a treatment facility. So NW Dash, the horizontal line, recovery.com. Our listeners uh, better cool just write Naked Warrior naked Recovery. Warrior. Yeah, naked Warrior like Recovery it. CBD, and, and it should bring up my site. Awesome. Should. Is there anywhere else that you would like to plug as far as where someone can get a hold of you if they want to reach out and ask you some questions? Um, I am on Instagram uh, at Naked Warrior Recovery or at William.r.branham. Uh, I post the same stuff on both sites. So, you know, I, we have CBD. Uh, I do some keynote speaking for kind of teaching the, the get naked mindset. I'm working on some other coaching products to kind of uh, help people with, you know, life transitions, um, and, and things like that. So we're, we're, we're moving forward. We're trying to, we're, we're, I'm building and I'm, I'm the process of building. I like if it. you want to ask me about 1031 exchanges, I would have to push you over to my wife. Cause she's much smarter about that than I am. Oh, I screwed that up the first attempt. So <laughs> you, you hire a 1031, uh, attorney to be a part of that. David's not that good at been the thousand dollars. I got hosed by a 1031 guy. He kept my money and I didn't get the tax benefit because he messed everything up. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This yeah, thanks for having me on here. I've appreciated your phone calls over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I, I you've helped me out a lot, so I appreciate it. Hopefully, I hopefully I can bring some value to your to your folks here, and uh, I appreciate you guys. You guys are you guys are awesome, and and thanks for having me on here. Yeah, absolutely. This is the first time we've had uh, anyone talk about CBD or, or THC or any of that on here. And it's, it's fascinating to me because I don't know diddly about it. So it's a whole new world out there. I just quit. <laughs> What'd you quit? THC. Terrible. Habit. Oh, okay. So here's all right. So one more really quick thing. So oh. Oh. again, this is uh, there is have been studies to show where um CBD has helped people get off of other meds like opioids and things like that. So, because, you know, kind of like what I talked about earlier, THC goes in and it, you know, it grabs a hold of that CB1 receptor, opioids and other medications do similar things. And so CBD has gone, been able to go in there and, and reduce the amount of, I'm going to mess this up, but it's been, I've, I've read the studies and it's, it's been shown to be very effective, not guaranteed, but very effective in, helping people wean themselves off of, or, you know, medical professionals wean them off of, uh, harder drugs, um, and to include opioids and things like that. So that's going to oh, be a wait. hard, that's going to be a hard study for anybody to finance because there's no money in capitalist America for funding the end of addiction. You're, you're, you're correct there, <laughs> but really quickly, um, something that we didn't cover and we can probably cover it another time is the, the, um, the, the, the mission of Naked Warrior Recovery is really that 22 to zero and really talking to this, this crowd right here, this audience, you know, uh, 22, that number 22 is 22 veterans take their lives every single day. We've lost more veterans to suicide than we have through 20 years of sustained combat. And so that is unsat. And I, you know, as I was building this, uh, I realized that my dad is one of those 22 because he was in the Navy. And so that created a more, of a of a spark for me to like okay like this is this is this is a real deal so um you know uh a portion of our sales goes to nonprofits that help help to reduce veteran suicide goes to um helping to fund research to try and make that you know make that go away our goal is 22 to 0 so anything that we can do uh to help that is and and again you know i never had suicidal thoughts but my brain was for sure fucked up and so cbd helped me kind of turn the noise down so that i could have a little bit better self talk and and move forward so so hopefully that's helpful to to someone out there and uh i'll stop there <laughs> it absolutely is and and i agree that's a valuable uh, mission to contribute to. So, Will, thank you very much for joining us. Yes, today. sir. Thanks for having me. You guys are awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military millionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.